Today, answers matter more than ever before. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage customer questions with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to work for any industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash Watson Assistant. Welcome everyone to Breaking Big Blue. I'm your host Jordan Ron on ESPN, ESPN.com Giants reporter. And we're here now less than a week away from the NFL draft. Yeah, I'm taping this on Friday afternoon. We just spoke to Dave Gettleman, the Giants general manager, and the Giants director of college scouting, Chris Pettit, on a conference call about the Giants draft and learned some interesting things or heard some interesting things. And that's kind of where we're going to start here. Because if you listen to this podcast for a while, I think you understand that I've kind of hinted at this and said that I thought this was their desire was to trade back. But now we know. Like, I'm completely under the impression right now, if the Giants had their druthers, if it was up to them exclusively, that their number one choice would be trading back from that number four spot. Dave Gettleman today, when I asked him, you know, how serious were his desires to, to make a trade and make a move, he said... It's something I will seriously entertain. So, yes, to me, this just confirms it. It was what I've been hearing through the grapevine and through talking to sources for a while now. But to me, that appears what the Giants would prefer to do. Of course, what they prefer to do might not necessarily be feasible. They might not be able to execute it. Nobody might be able to execute it. There's always more teams that want to move down in the top of the draft than teams that want to move up, right? These picks are so valuable. The number four overall pick, if you look at the old, you know, Jimmy Johnson trade chart, the value of it is off the chart. It's crazy. You know, the top top five picks, top ten picks, their value is immense. So in order to move anywhere, the haul is just as big. At least that's the expected value of it. So the Giants may necessarily want to move out of the number four spot, but it might not be so easy. I'm not sure they can execute it. Now, one thing that Dave Gettleman did add was if they do make a trade, it's unlikely and not likely. Those are the same thing, unlikely and not likely. I don't know why I just said that. But if they do make a trade, it's not going to be at the final second when they're on the clock. It's something that's expected to be agreed to before they get on the clock. Now, this is going to be a really tenuous thing because the number three pick, the Detroit Lions, again, Stuff we've talked about before, but their general manager also confirmed it. The Detroit Lions pick is also up for sale. So if you're a team wanting a quarterback, you're starting with the Lions. You're going to the Lions pick before you go to the Giants. Maybe if you can't work something out with the Lions, you cross your fingers, hope they don't take your quarterback, and then work yourself to the Giants. Or if, let's say, the Miami Dolphins or the the Los Angeles Chargers or the Jacksonville Jaguars or whoever else decides to move up and get a quarterback in number three, there's another team who says, wow, we can't miss out on, on the third quarterback because that's where the cutoff line is on great quarterbacks in this draft. we got to now move up to the Giants. Again, all contingency plans, but not easy, that easy to execute if you're the Giants or any of these other teams. Especially in a draft, there's going to be a little different than most. Everyone in different rooms, not in the same location, Zoom calls or... Whatever platform you're using, FaceTiming, text messaging, whatever it is. But we're going to concentrate on the Giants here. Let's think about it for a second. If they move down out of the number four spot, that only solidifies the belief. Again, if you listen to this, I believe this is the belief for a while that they they want to go in the direction of 
offensive tackle. So you move down a couple spots, you move down anywhere into the top 10, let's say, it's even more likely now that the Giants end up with one of the top offensive tackles in this draft with their first-round pick. That being Makai Becton, Tristan Wirfs, Dredrick Wills, and who might miss? Andrew Thomas, the Georgia tackle. Okay, now go read if you want. Rich Samini and I, the, our Jets reporter, we basically polled people throughout the league all over the place, different positions, different levels, different conferences, teams that have needs at the position, teams that don't have needs at the position. And who's the best out of those four? It was all over the board. Really, all over. Andrew Thomas, who finished last, but really right next to Tristan Wirfs, he had two votes for first place, and yet he finished in last. Now, Kai Becton was tops, followed by Jedrick Wills, who I have been hearing more buzz about, and I mentioned this in a story, throughout the league in recent days. Now, people are like, oh, so you're saying they're going to draft Wills. It's in the back of my mind that that's a possibility. I'm sticking with Wirfs right now, and I'm taping this on Friday. Could all change. My opinion could change depending on what I hear. But right now, I mean, that they liked Wirfs, I've heard that for a while now. So I'm going to stick with that as being their guy. But I, you hear this more buzz about Jedrick Wills. And a lot of it, I'm sure, has to do with he has that connection to Joe Judge. And that Joe Judge is Mr. Alabama. He worked for Nick Saban, right? Jedrick Wills played at Alabama. The Giants have an Alabama coach, the running back coach. He came from Alabama. He worked there last year. So he knows Jedrick Wills exceptionally well. So, And Nick Saban raves about him. So I'm sure Burton Burns, I believe that's the running back coach's name, he raves about him too, I'm sure. And then it all gets to Joe Judge, who's asking their opinions. And, and not just Joe Judge, but everybody in the Giants. And so I'm sure that factors into their evaluation of the player and the person. So to me, those are the top two choices right now, the most likely. Jedrick Wills... And Tristan Wirfs. Now, I did a, a mock draft the other day, full seven rounds. You can go check it out. I think my final results uh, I put up on Instagram and Twitter. I went with Tristan Wirfs at number four. Like, if they don't make a trade right now, to me, that just seems to be the most likely selection. Subject subject to change. You're going to hear a lot of stuff and a lot of rumors, and that's my job to sit there and decipher them, of all these things that I hear, over the next week. So I will do that. So I will produce something later, probably early next week, maybe around Tuesday, maybe even Wednesday, and I'll give you my most likely Giants selections. Last couple years, uh, I mean, we were right on Saquon. That was the number two overall pick. But last year was a tough one. A couple years before that also was a tough one. So we'll see how we do this year. Look, nobody knows exactly who any team is going to pick, right? Because I shouldn't say nobody, but for the most part, coaches, general managers, they're not going to be like, we're drafting this guy, okay, or anyone in in the organization. they might you might know what players teams like. The more the higher likelihood is you know, okay, I've heard through people, they like this guy, this makes sense, and you're kind of putting the pieces together. So you're taking stuff you hear from sources, you're deciphering it, you're looking at the situation, and you're putting it all together. That's why I'm I'm, I'm there's at no point am I gonna say until they're on the clock and they make the pick. The Giants are taking Tristan Wirfs per source, right? No. That's why it's the NFL draft. Crazy things happen. Nobody really knows what's going to happen. Think about how many the mock drafts. None of them are right, right? We're all just making educated guesses and some of us more informed guesses. And I'd like to think I'm maybe a little more informed than most and somebody who doesn't talk to anyone around the league or in the Giants or anywhere in the organization. So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of see where it goes from here. 
But right now, those are my top two guys who I think are most likely to end up with the Giants, Wirfs and Wills. Now, we'll see what our our guest thinks about that. Let's bring in Dan Graziano, former Giants beat reporter. Let's see what he has to say. On to the next one. Today we have Dan Graziano with us, former Giants reporter now, big time uh, NFL re- <laughs> reports on bigger things, uh, league stories, uh, top end of the draft, teams that actually win, you know, stuff like that. I mean, welcome back, Dan. You know, you're back to uh, come here to talk about another uh, team that's struggling along. I mean, it, it, things really haven't changed much well, which, in a couple of years. Well, which is it? Teams that win or teams that are at the top of the draft? Like, that's two different <laughs> That's two different sets of teams, right? So, no, it's uh, – yeah, they, uh, they don't have me on Giants for TV this year, but they gave me a couple like the Lions and the Chargers and Panthers. So yeah, some interesting, interesting teams up there right around where the Giants are picking. So you try to get as much gossip as you can. Well, some of those teams, what they do is extremely impactful to the Giants, though. Absolutely. So, so let's let's get into it. You you mentioned the Lions and the Chargers as two of those teams, right? Those are those teams have been linked together. Uh-huh. Do, do what do you think? The possibility that the Chargers do try and make a move up that do they do fall in love with a quarterback and and try and get up there and move up to 3 or 4. Yeah, Tom Telesco, the Chargers GM, notoriously uh secretive, like even by NFL draft standards. Um remember like Joey Bosa a couple years ago like with nobody knew they were on him. So, um you know, it's good hard pick, to, yeah, good pick too, by the way. That worked yeah, out. Yeah, right. It was good that he was. Okay. Um, yeah, I remember, I remember as a surprise when I was working with Bill Polian on TV at the time, and, you know, Telesco came from India under Polian, and I said, well, your guy really kept it secret. And Bill said, yeah, I'm proud of him. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's how he likes to operate. But I do think, you know, based on the sort of informed speculation that you do here, I think the Chargers are a team that, that looks like they, they're interested in taking a quarterback in the first round. Does that mean they have to jump up to three or four to get one to make sure Miami doesn't take their guy? It's entirely possible, um, and that's where it gets interesting, right? We know who the first two picks are going to be, and then the draft gets interesting with Detroit at three, Giants at four. I think both of those teams would um, move down if they could, but I don't know how far they'd want to move down. So you look at Miami at five, Chargers at six. I think that's you know th- that's a zone where you can move down, add a couple picks, and still probably get your guy. Like if you're the Lions and right. you're torn between you know Jeff Okuda and Derek Brown at three, and now you've moved down to five, you still probably get to make that pick because yeah. the team that went up to three is taking a quarterback. We don't think the Giants are going for one of those guys. So if you're sitting at five or six, you're now in a position to, to get the guy you wanted all along, and you've added a pick. So I think the Giants, similar situation. They're at four. If if uh, let's say it goes Burrow, Chase Young, Okuda, and the Giants are sitting at four, and the Chargers say, "All right, look, we got to get whoever Tua or Justin Herbert, whoever," and we're worried Miami's going to take him. That's where the Giants slide down two spots, and you still get probably the tackle or whoever you wanted because the two in front of you will have taken quarterbacks, and and you're not in the quarter market because you're you're removed from the Daniel Jones. Right. No, no. I mean that's. That, they can only hope that that turns out that way. I think right. for the Giants and the, and the the Lions, even I don't know about the Lions so much, but the Giants for what you know they're trying to do here, and maybe would prefer to do, like nine would be nine is the Jaguars, I believe, would be like the floor That's far back. Yeah. yeah, I mean you could still get one of these good offensive tackles probably at nine. Like there's especially if teams are trading up for quarterbacks, right? Right. If teams are trading up for quarterbacks, I still think 
there's not going to be four offensive tackles gone by pick nine. Probably right. be like two. So you'll still have yeah. your pick two of two offensive tackles, and we've seen these guys are so tightly grouped that you could still probably get a good offensive tackle. Right. So what are your threats? Like if the Chargers don't go quarterback, it's probably because they go offensive tackle, right? right. And then they, they, I think the Cardinals probably go offensive tackle at eight, and Jaguars, Jaguars could do it. Browns could do it at 10. So you you have your pick if you stay up there. But if you start moving too far back, you might have, um, you know, your third, fourth choice uh, available to you. And that's not where you want to be. Right. You have your ear to the ground. This is one of the more interesting positions, the offensive tackle position. There's four guys. I mean, me and Rich Samini did a piece. We talked to 11, you know, we had 11 different people and had their top four. Almost everybody seemed to have a different order on the four, right? Mm-hmm. It, it was crazy uh, and very close. The top two end up being Becton and Jedrick uh, Wills for us. But still, right. Andrew Thomas was fourth, and he got some first place votes. Right. So, yeah, no, I, re- I read your stuff. You so know, what, what, are, what are you kind of hearing on that? And I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> somebody somebody does at least, right? <laughs> Woof. Uh, so I, I what think... are you hearing on that? I mean, what, what have you heard about those kind of guys and just just – Anything different than that? They're so tightly bunched. Yeah, I think it, I think it's uh, people have different opinions, and and you could, as you guys found, I mean, you can pull a bunch of people and get four different, you know, or any number of different rankings of those four. I think uh, you know, uh, Mackay Becton, the Louisville kid, you know, he stands out because he's six seven, three sixty four. I mean, like like even <laughs> for an offensive tackle, this is a mountain, and I yeah. think people look at him as a guy that you could that, that 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 could probably play right away but also could if he develops to his full potential can leave the rest of these guys in the dust but that's an if right whereas you know right. wills comes from alabama and he's probably very polished and and uh you know worfs you know there's a there's plenty of evidence for iowa guys succeeding on the offensive line in the nfl you know so th- there's a lot to like about each guy but i think what you hear on beckton is he projects to have the highest ceiling now does that matter uh, if you're the Giants, is that what you're looking for? Historically, we've seen that. I mean, I think, you know, if Jerry Reese were still there making the pick, this this would scream Giants to me, Becton, right? Because yeah, he's a projectable, sure. toolsy talent guy. And maybe Gettleman's the same way. But um, I, I don't I don't know. I, I think it's – I think it's uh, – I'll, I'll be interested to find I, – I think they'll take a tackle, and I'm interested to find out who their top guy is. There's going to be a, an outrage of some sort when they do pay, if they do go tackle and they do pass on Isaiah Simmons and he's on the board. A lot of people like him. You think that would be a mistake? Yeah. So Simmons, to me, I think Simmons' success in the league will depend on where he goes and who the defensive coordinator is and how creative that guy is and how long he's going to be there. So. I confess to not knowing a whole lot about Patrick Graham. I, I know the people that he's worked with yeah. speak highly of him, you know. So maybe he's the guy that could get Isaiah Simmons in. And, you know, you're going to have to use this guy in, in a million different ways to get the most out of him. And yeah. uh, I think there are people that are excited, their hands on him for that reason. Um, but I come back to, I, I mean, I, I can see the Giants picking him. Don't get me wrong. Like, that would not be a surprise pick for me at four. No, but, I not. No, same to you. Yeah, no, I don't think it would be a surprise pick. I mean, he's right. one of the top defenders in the draft. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, he's so, he's a s- super talented individual. I think when it comes down to it, you just took Daniel Jones sixth. Your entire future as a GM, as an owner, as an organization really depends on Daniel Jones succeeding. 
And if you're if you're torn, do I take Isaiah Simmons or do I take my favorite offensive tackle? To me, the tiebreaker has to be the guy that directly helps Daniel Jones succeed. And and you know, I don't know what they're going to do. Are they going to play Nate Solder there one more year? Play the rookie at right tackle, then swap him over. You're going to try and move Solder to the right, play the rookie at left. You got to think about the long term. Who's going to be there on the left side? It's not going to be Solder. Even if he plays well this year, he's not their long term answer there. Obviously, he so to me, I, I, by the way, what's that? He just turned thirty two this week, so yeah, you so, know, right? You're not That's building around the thirty two year old, but uh, right, but not for an NFL uh, offensive lineman. So <laughs> yeah, I think um, I, to me, I, I think it makes a lot of sense. No, nope. I don't think a lot of fans love it when their team picks an offensive lineman in the first round. You know, it's not, it's not a, a, a sexy pick, but it's so important. And I think if you've been a Giants fan for this last miserable stretch. You, you you know how important it is and how and right. how it shows up when the offensive line isn't good enough. That's the thing too. It's like Dave Gettleman is trying to. He came in and he said, "I need to fix this problem." We're sitting here two plus years later, <laughs> and that problem still exists and it's still there. And if it doesn't get fixed, he's not going to be around much longer, right? Right. Because they're going to be bad again. I mean, how many bad years can you can you justify? So right, he's got to fix this. It's it's at the top of the list and. Like we said, moving back would seem to be the ideal spot. You still get a tackle and you mm-hmm. get picks because they got a long gap between that the top of the second round and they pick 99th of the, with the comp pick in the third round right now. So that's yeah, a, I mean, a, gap, a gap of what, 63 picks or something? I mean, that's right. huge. So I mean, the, the best drafting teams do it. I mean, right? The Patriots always yeah. trade back. The Seahawks always trade back. I mean, like, you know, you have to <laughs> – it comes down to this for me. Nobody, not even the best evaluators, know how these guys are going to play in the NFL. Nobody knows for sure. So the best way to draft is to get as many picks as possible and make as many picks as possible and improve your odds. That's that's very simplified, but I also think there's a lot of truth to it, and I think that's why you see the teams that, that stay in contention um, trade down. But the thing is, and, I, and you tell me, what do you think? How We know this is a different draft, right? The, the, there's different restrictions that every team has and the way they have to operate and the way everyone's in separate rooms. Do you think the trading is going to be as frequent as it was in the past? I I mean, I've heard that, but most of the people I've been talking to who are, you know, or GMs or people that are going to be involved in making these picks uh, aren't real worried about that. You know, I, I think every draft room, every team has a guy who's, who's responsible for making the pick, right? Like that's right. So I was talking to a GM today who said, you know, uh, it's going to be me who makes the pick. Like I can, I can bounce it off the head coach and I have the ability. I'll have, you know, the group texts going with the people I need, but you know, it's not like I'm going to be, Oh, I need to hear back from this one guy before I say yes to this trade. We'll have, we'll have gamed everything and we'll know how we value guys and we'll know, you know, whether, whether the trade makes sense for the organization. So I think uh, I think a little bit of it's overblown. I think there are some grumpy front office people around the league that didn't want the draft to go on, that wanted it postponed because they're worried about, you know, especially the medical situation, inability to get guys in for physicals and, and for face-to-face interviews. But, A, we have no idea when they would be able to do that. And, B, I think uh, for the most part, uh, it seems like the people I'm talking to, at least this week, seem to be embracing it. Yeah. Well, you could see the the reason why we're having this now, this draft, is because if we don't have it now and then we they don't know when they could actually have it and actually do these medicals and do these other, thi- other things, then we're talking about 
if we do get back in August or whatever, it's going to basically push back the season. Yeah. So that's why it makes sense for them now. Now that you sit back and think about it, of where we are still now, you know, we're in what mid-April of why they need to go or want to go on with this draft. They don't need to, and this is an entertainment and small factor in life. But the top of the draft, everyone always wants to trade back. Do you see there being a lot of movement there this year? I don't think anyone's trading out of one or two right uh, i think but like i said i think i think three is for sale i think four is for sale i think um can everybody's a what's, what's that can they realistically find the willing partners you, you yeah. think that's going to be that, that that's going to be possible my concern that makes me lean toward maybe no is all this lately this tua stuff and the concern about is he is he really can, is a team going to want to trade up and spend multiple possible multiple first round picks to get right. a guy who had who comes with this level of long term medical concern? So if you had a clean Tua and and he'd be vying with Burrow for number one overall, and then you'd have to fight. The people would be coming up to get him, and then somebody might be coming up to get Herbert, so they don't want to get shut out of those guys. So, but I think the fact that that there are, there seem to be some question marks on Tua and whether the Dolphins are willing to spend massive, massive draft capital to get him, I think that might limit the trade-down opportunities for the Lions and the Giants. Now, now, if the Chargers and Dolphins are both worried about Tua and they both feel like they need to go get Herbert, then either the Lions or Giants is sitting pretty. I don't know which one, but you know, one, one of them will be able to move that pick because the Dolphins and Chargers will be scared of each other. But You only need one. You only need one. But right, but if you have multiple quarterbacks that they might be going up to get, your chances of making that trade down would increase significantly. So I think, I, I think uh, the fact that Tua suddenly has some question marks around him indicate that, that 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 may make it less likely for those teams to need to move up. Yeah, I mean, maybe this is just me and the people I'm speaking to, but I, when I speak to people, there just doesn't seem to be that people in love with the, like any of those quarterbacks. I mean, we're, we're taking Burrow out of the equation. We're to the yeah. point where they're willing to make that risk at this point, and and that, that buzz that we need. Oh, there's multiple teams that want these guys, and it, it just doesn't. It just doesn't seem to be there this year. I don't know. Maybe that has something to do with there's just less buzz in general because people haven't mm-hmm. been on the road. They haven't been the pro days. They didn't do the private workouts or or what it was. I mean, do you get that vibe also? Well. Yeah, I mean, look, there's also not as many obvious quarterback teams, right? I mean, the Bengals are going to take Joe Burrow, barring some incredible, shocking shift. In, <laughs> they in, are the Bengals, though. I, I, I think they're, I think they're pretty locked in on the Ohio kid that just won the national championship in the Heisman Trophy. I mean, I, you know, this is, you know, Charlie Brown's going to kick that football one of these days, right? <laughs> I, I think this is, I, I think it's going to be hard for the Bengals to mess this up. So, I think Chase Young goes too, but. um the Lions aren't going to take a quarterback. The Giants aren't going to take a quarterback. Dolphins and Chargers we've talked about. I don't think the Panthers are going to take one. The Cardinals obviously aren't going to take one. Jaguars are sitting at nine, right? And they're a little bit of a wild card because they also have pick 20. So if they want a quarterback, they could move up. Now, it looks like they want to start Gardner Minshew. But, you know, if they've, if they've like, been in love with Justin Herbert for years and there he is sitting there at seven, you know, do, do they move up to go get – uh, him from the Panthers. I don't know that they're going to get all the way up to three or four to draft a quarterback when um, when uh, they want to give Minshew a shot. So 
Right. Uh, yeah, I just think there aren't that many teams. In the past, I mean, two years ago, we saw four quarterbacks taken in the top ten. Two teams trading up to get – three teams trading up And the up Giants them. passed on one. And, and the Giants do. did pass on one, but they – but well, but they feel like they have their guy a year later. So, right, but I'm just uh, saying, we'll, there was that many we'll teams at the time. Right, oh, right, right. They So four picked, and there were others that could have. This year, in the top ten, there are two, maybe three. And that maybe is the Jaguars. And, uh, and I think that's why you don't see that much buzz. I don't – We've been over to it and what the issues are there. Herbert, teams like Herbert a lot. I mean, you know, this guy's six foot six. He's got a cannon arm. He's apparently a great kid. He was senior bowl MVP. You know, this will, this will break a streak, right? Haven't the Giants drafted the senior bowl MVP three years in a row? And this, so they probably won't be taking Herbert. It was, uh, Loletta was one of them, right? Loletta. Yep. And, uh, and uh, who's the Cal quarterback? What was it? Davis Davis Webb. Yeah. So, and then Daniel Jones. So, but I don't think they're going to do it this year. So, um, but Herbert's a guy that I think teams do feel very strongly about and have for a while. So I think, you know, most of the analysts you hear say his game's nowhere near two is, and that may be true, but factor in the concerns that some teams have on the medical with Tua in terms of his long-term durability. And I think the gap narrows and it's possible Herbert goes before him. Yeah. The one concern with Herbert seems to be that accuracy that, that, you know, that, sure. just, that there's just some inconsistency in his game and that, that, Causes some people to pause for sure with quarterbacks. So but you know these, you know these coaches though. I mean, you know, they look I, at a guy that's got his physical tools and they go, "Oh, I can make something out of that." And they may be right. I mean, I, there's, I don't think there's any reason to dislike the kid. I, I think he's probably got stuff to work on, but I wouldn't take him over Joe Burrow. But yeah. um, I, I think he's a, a strong prospect, and I think he'll go very early in the draft. It's like if you're six seven with a cannon arm, and you just mm-hmm. you you have that look, and John Elway will just fall in love with you, you know. Mm-hmm. So the Lions, they're sitting mm-hmm. there at three. Obviously, what they do is of interest to the Giants, for sure. No question. Jeffrey Okuda, right? He's mm-hmm. the guy that's pegged to the Lions pretty much everywhere. They need a cornerback. They got rid of Darius Slay. How much do you feel, you know, do you get the impression that they're in love with him? I, I think he's very high on their list. I, I think he's the most likely pick if the Lions stay at three, maybe even if they trade down to five. Um, right, which is why it would they, make perfect sense if they can to trade down to five, right? Right. They traded Slay. They signed uh, Trufant. You know, I mean, they, they could really use a guy. And this is a help you now and help you in the future guy. The Lions are in kind of a narrow window. Right? If they if they go six and ten this year, then – there's going to be different people making a pick next year. You know, like this is this is important, and so they need an impact guy. I think it's going to be defense there. I'd be very surprised if it wasn't a defensive player. Uh, maybe an Isaiah Simmons. Uh, maybe that one of the defensive tackles if they like one of them because they have a hole there after they decide they became the latest team to decide they didn't want um, Damon Harrison. So um, yeah, I think they're shocker. You know, no shock here. Think, Let me tell you that one. By the way, not, I think they'll be. I By think the way, a defensive Dallas apparently didn't want to be there either. So yeah, the feeling was mutual. I think the Lions' dream scenario is that like uh, Washington's you know internet goes out and uh, and they miss the pick and then he can just take <laughs> Chase Young. I think that's their <laughs> maybe if if, if 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 something weird happens with uh, Washington's connection and they don't make their pick in time, I think there should be an investigation. But uh, yeah, I think that that would be their dream. But I think a defensive playmaker plug and play help you right now and there are i think those guys are there i mean i think you know i think you could take Derek brown from auburn up there and 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 never regret it i think that's a guy that you probably plug in right away and he play for you for 10 years and and be very good so 
Um, they're in a good spot if they sit there at three to help their defense. It would be interesting if the Lions did decide to go with, like Isaiah Simmons or Brown at three, and the Giants are sitting there. You wonder, what do they think of Okuda, right? Right. Do, do they have him rated so high that they, should, they need to take him over the offensive tackle? I mean, really would throw a wrench into everyone's thinking right from the start. And when we're talking about the NFL draft, we should realize that these kind of things are likely to happen. I mean, every year we go into Oh, this, yes. And it, right from the start, almost, it just gets torn to shreds of what you think is going to happen. Remember the Raiders last year were at four and they took Cleveland Furl and it was like the, it was like the fifth rated pass rusher on people's lists and yeah and they took him I mean like and all of a sudden it's like whoa it's all right so all the mocks are now over like every single <laughs> one but at, at the four pick so you're absolutely right I mean we don't know you know we we're we're close to 100 percent sure on Burrow and Chase Young at one and two we, I mean you know we don't know for sure what these teams are doing and, and a lot of times people are putting stuff out there that's deliberately false to throw people off the scent and uh, it, it can be a very tough time of year to get information as you well know. But yeah, I, I think the lions, if you were a betting man uh, defense at three, but uh, exactly who uh, remains to be seen. Okuda makes a ton of sense there though. Yeah. I mean, I always wonder like if, if I know that somebody's telling me false stuff, like why would I talk to that person in the, in the next year? And yeah. wanted me to do that. Yeah, that's, I always, I always scratch my head at that, but uh, I, that's a that's a topic for another day. Obviously, mm-hmm. <laughs> is there is there anybody you're hearing that maybe on the defensive side of the ball that you're looking at and saying teams think higher of this guy maybe than than what the public does, or this guy might end up going higher than than we thought? Um, let me take a look down the list here. Uh, one of the linebackers is, you know, uh, Murray, yeah. Queen, uh, some of the edge rushers, Chase on the guy from LSU, uh, Michigan, Josh Uchi is a guy I've I saw in a first round recently. I mean, I thought he was like a mid round pick, uh, yeah. any cornerback maybe that's going to pop up there. Yeah. The Florida, the Florida cornerback, you start to hear a lot about CJ Henderson. I mean, I think he's a, He's an early round pick, like early in the round pick. I think, right. um, like you hear some buzz about Atlanta wanting to trade up to get a corner, and uh, they're at sixteen. So you know, you start to get panic. You might not get your guy. Maybe you uh, decide to to jump up, and maybe that makes him a top ten, top twelve pick. Um, but yeah, that's not really the answer to your question because he's highly rated. He's probably a second rated corner on the on the board. So let me think. Queen, you hear good things about. Uh, Probably a second rounder, but maybe not. Maybe maybe can get sneak into the first. Uh, let's see. These are all offensive guys. The Giants. Are they're just. It, it's such a. It's such a hard draft for the Giants because that that pass rusher position really just dips off. You know. Well, they're uh, a year behind. Like this is right. Like the, like eighteen was the quarterback draft, and they took a running back, a great obviously right. superstar player. Uh, and then last year was the pass rusher draft, and they took a quarterback, and they could have had Josh Allen. You know, so now they need a pass rusher, and then they're going to end up with a tackle. Like, although it is a good tackle draft at the top too. So, yeah, it is. it is. Yeah, I mean, look, pass rush is tough, and, and I mean, if you don't get an elite one at the top, it, it's and, and as they have found, I mean, I feel like every year I covered them, they took some guy in the third round. Who was the guy from UCLA uh, with the oh, long oh, name began with oh. O? Do yeah, a- yeah. So I mean, like they are always trying to do that, and because they weren't taking them up top. So I, I mean, but who is it going to be? Like, who would you take there with Young gone? How can you justify the four pick on? Well, I guess last year Cleveland Furrow was a four pick, and nobody had him there. So you really yeah. like a guy, yeah, the Iowa guy, uh, you know, yeah. The LSU, I think the LSU kid is Chase on is from people I talk to that yeah. they'll 
has. He seems to have those traits of like that explosive pass rusher that you, you can look at and say, okay, this guy might develop into a real game wrecker type of guy. But yeah, that's the problem. This draft that they don't, they're not overloaded with those guys. Would, at least guys that there's a consensus on. I mean, you, you take a crapshoot. Mm-hmm. Guys, maybe some of them will pan out, but there just there seems to be a lot of those guys in that category. So, all right, Dan, we appreciate it. We always appreciate your time. Tell us uh, which which teams can we look out for you covering? You said the Lions. Oh yeah, they got me on the Lions, Chargers, Chargers. Panthers, Raiders, and Packers. Those are my five teams that I'm responsible for for TV. That'll be starting Wednesday. You know, shows on Thursday, all that kind of stuff next week. I- so. The Packers Some interesting ones up like near the top. That wide receiver market, the Packers. I mean, that's yeah. The- there's a lot of teams looking for further. A lot of tackles, a lot of wide receivers. I think coming off the board in the first round next Thursday night. Yeah, you don't think they drop down the, the, some of these guys though because it's such a good draft? Like, uh, we could wait on wide receiver. Well, so many guys. Well, it depends. Like, all right, let's say you're, let's say you're the Broncos and you have your sights set on C.D. Lamb, and that's your guy. And then everybody else is bunched together after that, right? And then all of a sudden, where are they? They're 15. All of a sudden, the Raiders take him at 12, and you're out of luck. So now, dude, move down because uh, the next four guys we think are all the same. So might as well grab another couple picks and just get one of them. So right. I think that's what you'll see. If, if you have someone who's the apple of someone's eye, you might see even a move up because. Um, there's so many teams. I'm looking right now. Jets, Raiders, Niners, Broncos. You know, the Cowboys probably not first round, but they're looking receiver. Dolphins need everything. Eagles, everybody knows. Vikings. So, I mean, there's a ton of teams looking for receiver, and, and I think that'll be interesting to see. Once you get past that top five, seven, eight range, um, there should be some movement. Yeah, which should be good because for teams that aren't really looking for those early round receivers like the Giants, it leaves better players at other positions, so. Absolutely. Should, should be an interesting draft. Enjoy. Good luck covering all those teams and all those picks. The Raiders got a whole bunch of them, so you'll be, you'll be busy. All right, we'll all speak right, soon. Then on yeah. to the next one. All right, some really interesting stuff there from Dan. Appreciate him coming on, as always. You know he's still plugged in on the Giants. Now he's even more plugged in on everything else around the league. So it's good to hear that perspective. But now we're going to move into the part of the show where I answer all your deepest, darkest Giants questions in what is known as Giants After Dark. We're going to start with A.K.A. Hat Rick, and he asks, Is there any interest in Cushenberry? Specifically, I know there's interest in centers, but mostly Ruiz and Hennessy. Yeah, he's talking about Lloyd Cushenberry, who's from LSU, and I would expect that there is. We, now, I, I didn't confirm that, and I don't know if they they talked and they had a FaceTime session and I haven't heard specifically from anyone in the Giants that he's a player they're targeting. So I don't know it for sure, but I would I would think that he probably is because he fits the mold. And when I talk to people around the league, people consider him among the top centers. Now, the reason I think I've they're more likely to lean towards Hennessy and why I've been concentrating on that was because I talked to people and they're like, he's the old school type of center. He's just so bright uh, you know, and good above the neck. Everything about him just screams to me Giants, the way he plays, the way he operates. Whereas Cushenberry, the one critique about him, and a lot of people like him, don't get me wrong. I've had, I, Some of the people I talked to, I did have him as the number two center behind Ruiz. Uh, but the one critique of him that I've heard is the physicality part, not overly physical. And that's in part because of the, the, the offense that they played this year. And some people say, hey, go back and look at his tape the year before, and you'll see that physicality. But I just think in general, the player who fits 
with, I think the Giants are looking for the downhill running type kind of guy is more Hennessy than it is Cushenberry. So next question comes from at plus sign from Twitter. He says, who is one reasonable player that you're confident the Giants won't draft? Uh, now I'm going to cheat and say, Tua, right? Tua Tagovailoa, the Alabama quarterback. Now, you all know the Giants aren't taking quarterback at this point, but the problem is I want to say Derek Brown, the Auburn defensive tackle, right? That just, it doesn't make sense. And I, and I'm, I feel really, really strongly that they're not going to take him, but I just can't say it for sure with Dave Gettleman in charge. And we know his love for defense alignment. So I just can't completely go there. And be like, oh yeah, that's, that's the one right there. I'm telling you, yet yeah, that's the one. So, uh, I can't say him. And I do think I, I can't completely rule out like Okuda either. So the offensive tackles are all pretty good. We know there's little separation between all of them. And I don't know if the Giants really disliking any of these guys. And I guess that's what happens when you pick this high in the draft because all these guys are really good players, right? They're really good prospects. So I'm going to rule out Tua. And the quarterbacks for you. But that's really all I can. I'm sorry. That's all I got for you. All right. Next question. At Jacob Mendez 2, he says, does Wills look like the Giants' highest graded tackle? And like I said to you before, I don't know exactly how the Giants have them graded right now. Okay. I know that they like Wills. I've heard that from people that I trust. I know that they like Wirfs and they've been on him since the very beginning and were high on him. So that is why, to me, I have those two at the top of the list. Now, they're doing their due diligence on Andrew Thomas. They're doing their due diligence on Makai Becton. And they might come away because I think today is the last day you can do these top 30 visits. Maybe one of these guys, they, they, they're they speaking to these guys today and they blow them away. Like Dave Gettleman said, you know, they don't have it like narrowed down to, okay, this is our guy, definitely yet. They, they, they probably have ideas. But there's still more discussions to be had. And uh, nobody has decided to completely give me the board. But... It's hard for me to even go, but I'm just going to say I think Wills and Wirfs are near are, are the near the top, and for me, that's why I'm, I think they might be the top two. But I don't know that for you, so I'm sorry to let you down. I'm not doing so well here, huh? Not doing so well. This is this is a this is a tough Giants after dark. Guys are hitting me hard. So all right, next question we got from uh, that was a a double up question. I almost I almost just gave you. Uh, I don't know where it is exactly. I'm looking for this specific question. It was basically saying, which Giants player has to play well? And I'm sorry, I can't find it in front of me right now. But whoever asked it, I'm sorry I didn't use your name or your handle. It's uh, which Giants player has to have a big year this year in order to prove he's not a bust. And now I wouldn't say he's a bust, but the player to me, I'll, I'll list two guys. The players to me are Will Hernandez and Lorenzo Carter. Like, what are we getting with those two guys? I think what we know so far is that, okay, they've been, they're okay players. They're quality. Will Hernandez is an average guard and Lorenzo Carter is an okay player. He'd be good to have as part of your outside linebacker rotation. You could even start him and feel good about it if you have someone really good on the other side. But this is like sort of the year for those two guys. Which one is actually going to develop into a significant player, right? Which of those guys is going to be like, okay, the Giants have something here. They have a, a an upper echelon type player at their position, a top half of the league player at their position. So far, we haven't gotten to that point with either guy. We've seen flashes. Will Hernandez is probably ahead of Lorenzo Carter at this point in their progression, but we need to see more. And I, I'll do one, one other question. I don't have it in front of me either. I know somebody asked me, who are some of the other players maybe the Giants 
we can expect the Giants to look at at the top of the second round. And some of the players, or I'll start by going by position, right? Safety is a position I wouldn't be surprised to see the Giants get it on at early second round. If one of the top safeties, if McKinney from Alabama somehow dropped and was available in the second round, which I don't think is going to happen, maybe if he did, I could see the Giants going there for sure. Remember, Landon Collins wasn't in their plans. They didn't think he had any chance to reach the second round. So when they did, what they do, they traded up to the top pick of the second round, and they made sure they got him. Antoine Winfield Jr. is another safety. I wouldn't be surprised if they went in that direction. Or if anyone maybe that they had with a really high edge grade. Josh Uchi is an interesting guy who I would maybe look at at early second round if he's there. I think that's a possibility. I don't think they would go wide receiver. I think for them, wide receiver is, this is such a good wide receiver draft. So if there are wide receivers in the fourth, fifth round that they look at and they have like third round grades, on, maybe even second round grade, like that's how crazy this wide receiver draft is apparently. Like, I think those kind of guys will exist. Guys that you have graded, like, two rounds higher than where you're at. And you'd be like, we can't pass on this guy at this point. In the fourth round, we have a second-round pick sitting here. I think they could go for one of these wide receivers in the middle rounds. Uh, and the, the one I picked in, my, in our mock draft that we did on ESPN Radio was uh, Liberty's Antonio uh, Gandy-Golden. Good, physical, big player. You know, tall receiver. So... Yeah, I think that's a possibility later on. Early second round, I think center, like I, I've been pounding, is going to be one of the top positions that they're they're eyeing because that's sort of the sweet spot. You go, and we mentioned before, Cushenberry and Hennessy to me are those two guys because I think Cesar Ruiz, who's the top center, is going to be gone. I mean, I've heard some rave, raves about him from people in the league, so I really don't think he makes it to the second round. I know. A lot of people talked about that. So next in line are Hennessy and Cushenberry as the two, three, I think. And those are the two realistic options. Guys like uh, Keith Ismael, maybe a little later if he was available in the third round. Tyler Biotis, I think I'm pronouncing his name wrong, but uh, the Wisconsin guy. That's not a guy I would expect them to, to look at. He's had some medical questions when you talk to teams. And this draft, the guys that have any sort of medical questions, I know he played, but he, he apparently played through some stuff. Those kind of guys are the ones who might be affected the most in the fact that, especially the Giants, who are a traditionally conservative team medically, they might not go in that direction with any of those kind of guys. Like they just don't, they might not feel that they have the right proper information to feel confident enough to select those kind of guys. So those, that, that should give you a little feel of the directions and the ideas of, of players' names and maybe, maybe they'll look at past the first round. So I hope you enjoyed that. That's the end of this Giants after dark. On to the next one. All right, let's wrap up with a little Jordan on a beat, and then we'll go our separate ways, and we'll reconvene hopefully sometime next week because the draft is a great diversion. It's great entertainment, and you wonder, how many people are going to watch this draft? What else are you going to be doing on Thursday, Friday, Saturday? No, you're going to be watching the draft, especially if you're a football fan, especially if you're listening to this. You know it. So, all right, quick Jordan on the beat where I tell you what it's like to be a Giants reporter, uh, an NFL reporter in general, so an ESPN reporter, and... The new norm of what we're in right now is there are no face-to-face meetings. There are no face-to-face press conferences. So you're doing, some teams do Zoom. The Giants are doing conference calls. And today was Dave Gettleman and Chris Pettit. And these conference calls, they always tell you, you know, make sure you mute your line because otherwise there's this ridiculously terrible static and echo and nobody can hear anything. And it's just a gargle of, and that's what you hear. And you're like, what? What was the question? Excuse me? Huh? I didn't get that. What? Who is this? That's that's what it ends up. So we get on the call today with Gettleman, and guess what? The echo is ridiculous. 
I can't hear a thing. We go through the, you know, the introductions, the first question or two, and it's a mess. Can't hear. Can't hear. I hear like a, a, a triple echo. That's what it sounded like. Hello, 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 hello. Dave, 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 Dave. That's actually a quadruple echo, I think. But anyway, so about two or three minutes into the call, it's pretty unbearable. Everyone's sending text messages to each other, talking about how bad it is, pretty much. And Pat Hanlon, who's the Giants director of communications or something of the sort, I'm not sure the exact title, whatever, he, he oversees the call. He says, Dave, turn down the volume on your computer. And so he says, okay. He says he turns down the volume on, you know, on, on the speakers for his computer. And guess what? All of a sudden, echo gone. Call. Sounds better. Now we could all go chuckle a little bit, move along, but the call is fixed. This is what it's like covering the NFL and the Giants these days. This is what it's like covering Dave Gettleman and the Giants these days. The jokes are easy. I know people have jumped on the picture of Dave Gettleman sitting at his desk with the humongous binder and the lotion or whatever, and they put it next to the San Diego Chargers general manager with 17 screens. Easy money, right? For some people. Easy money. Easy, easy jokes. It's like, you know, it's like a layup for, for the, for the internet and the, the memes. So yes, this was another one added to the list. It is, it is what it is, but this is what it's like to cover the NFL these days. These are the, the obstacles that everybody is dealing with. And really it works on for everybody and at every level. I mean, I was on a, a Zoom call with my family for Passover, and I couldn't hear. There was all this gargling. Our my speaker on my phone was messed up. So, you know, these are these are problems that everybody's dealing with these days. School. I know my daughter, she's doing virtual schooling, and she's doing these Zoom videos, and it's hard for the teachers. It's hard for the children. And these are the obstacles that, that you know, life has handed us, and that's where we are. So that's my Jordan on the beat for today. And actually, that's it for this episode of Breaking Big Blue. As always, tell your friends, tell your friends to tell their friends and go on, you know, give us good reviews, Apple Podcasts, ESPN app, iHeartRadio, anywhere where you can find podcasts, we're pretty much there. You can listen to us. Breaking Big Blue, give us a good rating. We appreciate the feedback, even if it's good or bad. Feel free to reach out to me anytime I'm available. Instagram, uh, email, um, Twitter, you name it. Reach out to me. i like to hear from you. Submit your questions at all times, too, for Giants After Dark. And guess what? We'll be back again soon, early next week, hopefully. Keep your ears and eyes open. And everybody, stay safe and healthy. That's the most important thing right now. I'm Jordan Ronan. You're listening to Breaking Big Blue. See you next time. <laughs>